Making sales social is humanizing sales. It takes it from being a stat on a salesperson's sheet into helping a person discover the best solution for them, even if it's not making a sale right in that moment. It's about creating a connection, creating a living, breathing connection with that person to help them problem solve their situation. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome back to Making Sales Social Live. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. And Bryn, who's joining us today? We have Blair Dunkley, who I met at a networking meeting for podcasters and guests and really hit it off. And he talked about a topic that I'm excited he's going to bring to the table today, which is igniting the buyer conversation. And that is really all we talk about, not all, but a huge piece of what we talk about is how do you start that first conversation? So Blair, welcome to Making Sales Social. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much for having me here, guys. Um, Super appreciate it. Well, I've been in the field for quite a number of years, like going on 40 plus years. Uh, But it's all about this whole idea of a conversation in sales as opposed to selling. And so that's what it's really all about. So we all have to know how to ignite that buying conversation. And that's what the name of my program is. That's what I train on. That's what I have done a lot of my focus and research on for 25 out of those 40 years. A little bit of the background is I had a uh, private Um, I'm a past president of a college called Life Skills Colleges. So what we needed to do is we needed to help people with very small personal issues. Well, not very small, very huge personal issues. Actually, 80% of our population, of our student population, was potentially suicidal back at the beginning Mm. of uh, doing the college work. And we had up to 1,000 students a year. So we needed to, we took some, some basic fundamental um, research that the government did and tweaked it. And yes, this does come into sales in a second year. So I know I'm leading you down a, a rabbit hole, but it's a very short one. Uh, but the bottom line here is, is the research that was done identified these things that eventually morphed into what I call mind models. And while I was morphing them, a dear friend of mine, Ray um, de Champlain, he was a, at the time, he was a um, Xerox sales manager. And he said, I'm having a tough time with my people. I'm making quota and everything else. Can you come in and speak to them? And I was working through them. And this is, you know, back in the 80s, 1980s. So this is a long time ago in the beginning and this was formulative seed of my research for the next 25 years i asked a question to all of those salespeople, and those salespeople said one simple thing i just asked them how many here like being sold and these are top salespeople. Mm -hmm. only 40 percent of them put up their hand 
Then I asked another question. Who here likes or loves to buy? Almost 100%. Everybody sure. but one person put up their hand. Bottom line here, guys, is the the numbers have, have increased on who here likes to be sold. I've done that right up to, the, to 2006. And in 2006, I stopped asking because it was, again, 98% of the population mm -hmm. in the audience, all salespeople, did not like being sold. Mm -hmm. Again, 99% wanted to buy liked or loved buying. So are we approaching sales, traditional sales, from an effective place? Mm -hmm. That's what I started researching. I continued researching and found that people don't need to be sold. They needed to be guided through a buying conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the big issue today because people are trying, people try to manipulate people into buying stuff into sales into doing all this stuff and people have like all these alarm bells going off saying i don't need this or i don't want it or i don't like you because mm. you're pushing me not because i don't like the product want the product or need the product mm -hmm. it's i don't like mm -hmm. you mm. yeah so so this is fascinating i can't wait to dive in but uh, first, Blair, we, we ask all of our guests the one question right at the beginning, and that is, what is making sales social mean to you? Well, I think I've partially answered that right off the hop here. <laughs> making sales social is humanizing sales. It takes it from being a stat on a salesperson's sheet into helping a person discover the best solution for them, even if it's not making a sale mm -hmm. right in that moment. It's about creating a connection, creating a living, breathing connection with that person to help them problem solve their situation. Because every time somebody's buying, it's because they have some kind of problem that they need to overcome every time without exception. I love that. I, I, would, I have a series of questions running through my head, but I'd love to start with, how do you start the conversation? Are you doing this? Where are you finding the people? And how are you starting that conversation? It depends on where you are um, out there. You know, I do podcasts, but, you know, normally what it is, is I go, hi, you know, and then uh, that's how you start the conversation. Hello, how are you? And you know, uh, you can ask a simple question, what seems to be the problem? Or what are you looking for? Or depending on your industry, th there's subtle differences, but it's always a simple opening of greeting and saying, tell me a little bit about you, your situation and what you're looking for. I love the concept, but I'm going to go one deeper on that because Good. often the people that we're talking to don't even know they need us yet. So I feel occasionally if we ask that, now if they raise their hand and say, I want to learn about how you can help me, I love that question. What do you do with the people that you're having conversations with that don't even know they have a need or, and they're just talking to you because they like you. And, you know, we want to determine whether they're a prospect or not. You know, how do you start that conversation? Well, again, it goes back to getting that person to talk, not to pry but to discover, and it's a discovery process. So again, it comes back to literally, you can guide it to, are you in sales? Do you talk about sales? Like for me, it's about that, but for me, it's also, um, I'm 
I sort of, I cheat a bit. I'm a profiler. I listen to language patterns. I tell people all about themselves. It takes me about 10 to 30 seconds. But so that gives me a cheat sheet into their brain. But I also teach elements of that in igniting the blank conversation. So you can literally hear how somebody is thinking in real time. So that's fascinating. And, and most of us aren't profilers. And, and right. I immediately went, I immediately went to criminal minds and, and, and that. Um, but so I, I think what I hear you say is as salespeople, we really have to be curious. We have to be curious about the other person authentically and genuinely, you, you know, so we live in the LinkedIn world. There is a lot of inauthentic and disingenuous uh, curiosity out there, you know, love the work you're doing with ABC when they haven't even looked at your profile. So, but I think that's what I hear. We have to authentically be curious about the other person and, and really care. Is that, is that true? Oh, very true. Um, actually we get into this whole thing about creating before we get into that authenticity, we need to do a, like i created this whole body of work called mind models so one of the first things that i train in mind models and in igniting the buying conversation is a thing called safety versus comfort so people commonly confuse safety and comfort they think that when they're uncomfortable they're unsafe mm -hmm. but when you're in a buying scenario like when you've got a buyer, a prospect in front of you, do you think that their hackles might be up? That they might be a little bit, a few walls between you and them? So do we have to pay attention to the idea that they may be feeling potentially that they're about to be attacked? So what we want to do is understand the dynamic between being safe and uncomfortable. Now, how come uncomfortable? People don't make change when they stay comfortable. Right, right. right. status quo is our enemy. Exactly. So that disingenuous opening is love your work, love whatever, you know, and they haven't even looked. Um, that's just trying to, to, pardon me for being blunt here, but suck up. And that's, mm -hmm. this is not a process of sucking up. This is a process of discovery. What do you need to understand? How can I help you truly? And, and I think it goes back to what you, what you said before. You use the word manipulate. Correct. And I think too many salespeople are trying to use manipulation as a shortcut in order to, to, to start some type of relationship, especially in social and online, so that they can pitch their product or service. So they can check that box to say, okay, I did that. Maybe go back to the boss and say, yep, I, I did, I did you know, five connections today and, and pitched it to all five and got nobody in return. Right. So, so I, I think that's a, a, a big part of it. I like the idea of creating safety, but also understanding that we want them to be uncomfortable because we, we want them to see the need for, for change because that's what people are buying. They're not buying our product or service. They're buying the outcome that we, that we produce for them. Always. And the outcome that we're producing for them has to be, if it's a value, has to cause change in their life. Because that's what they're like, you know, you could, I've heard this so much. We have to, people buy value. And I go, well, that's true. But people buy value that changes them. Mm. And without change, do you buy value that won't change you?
Yeah, we, we talk a lot about kind of the five things that your content needs to do or things you need to do. And you know, the, it's resonate, create curiosity, teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation. So to your point, and then the last one is create a compelling moment. But your point is you can teach them all kinds of value. You can bring all kinds of value, but if you don't get them to think differently about their current situation, that, that value isn't going to help move them closer to your solution. Not at all. And so you have to cause them to connect safely with the discomfort. So give us a couple of tips or, or kind of that dive deeper of how do you create a safe yet uncomfortable environment? Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Well, it's sort of like what I constructed here. I give you guys an overview of what I'm all about, but now I've switched gears and I'm into asking you guys some questions as well and getting you involved because we haven't dived deeply into this. We did a surface thing where you said, we wanted to explore this on, on air here. And I go, okay, great. But now I get to ask you questions and you get to ask me questions and figure out where these moments might happen. And it's discovering these moments, these change moments in our lives that we see the possibility that this could really work. And it's possibility thinking along with curiosity that we discover these moments. And in that moment, we go, I need that. I love all of that. I'm going to rewind a little bit because one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on was the topic of igniting the buyer conversation, starting that conversation. What are some of your, your strategies or tactics to actually opening that, igniting that, opening that conversation up initially? It's always about them. It's always about them first. So the questions have to be engaging in that. We don't dump and then do this. We already had the, the preliminary piece where you ask me questions and I ask you questions and we do that little dance to see if we've got common ground. So we have to do that with curiosity. And curiosity is the, the fundamental first step of every conversation. If I'm not curious, if I don't wanna know you, or you don't want to know me, we just mm -hmm. pass each other in the street. So we have to be open to possibilities. Mm -hmm. And we have to get, when we are in igniting the buying conversation, and we start with that, we start with how are we framing our own mind? So how do we set up ourselves? And so it starts with me. And if I don't look at this scenario here from the situation of how can I assist, how can I share, how can I help without being overbearing, but mostly curious, then uh, if I don't do that, I'm not coming from a uh, genuine place. I'm coming from a place of, oh, I just got a pump and dump. I, I love this because what it talks to is the fact that we as salespeople 
you said it, we have to do the work first on us because we can't be curious about them because we want to manipulate them to buy from us. And sometimes that's what that's what some sales training is. You know, you know, it's it's like, let's let's teach you this trick. So that person is going to want to reciprocate to you. And 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 no, we have to rewind it. So we have to truly listen, not to reply or to react, but listen so that we can help listen to understand rather than listen to react and wait for that buying signal or wait for that. But just listen. And just understand that, you know, we say it, that, that the sale will come when the time is right. We have to earn the right for that. And, and so often we talk to salespeople all the time. It, they just don't know how to do that because they haven't done the hard work inside of them to kind of rewind that, to understand that, okay, I've got to make it about the other person. First of all, the work isn't that hard that mm-hmm. you have to do. So I want to do that. Like in Igniting the Buying Conversation, if you like talking to people to some degree, you know, I've worked with so many people that are introverts that are in sales because there's so many people that are out there that are self-employed like myself who I'm an introvert and I needed to figure out a way to get myself out there on a more effective way. Well, if I park myself and focus on somebody else and see how I might be able to assist them, all of a sudden, it's not about me. It's about them. And my curiosity, if I go, how do I close? How do I close? How do I close? I'm going to push them away because everybody is doing that to some way, form, or fashion. And it's about doing that. But if you just allow yourself to get curious and to seek understanding, because what's the number one thing that everybody needs? The most powerful emotion that's out there. And it's not love. It's to be understood. Bingo. It's to be because to be accepted. Think about this. You, if you're not understood, do you feel loved? No. So guess no. what? Understanding is more basic, more fundamental. In fact, it's one of two fundamental emotions that exist. When I was doing my research, it became apparent. There, are, When you're born as a baby, you have two emotions that are really there hardwired into you for pure survival um there are others there like that you can get into and i won't get into the science of this but the bottom line here is the number one thing that a baby has to have in their in their brain development and this is way before all of the um incubators and everything else that they have now for for keeping preemies alive and whatnot but back in the day they couldn't always do that because we didn't have the technology. And the key, number one thing in the APGAR test, there's nine uh, things that you, they test for with a newborn. And um, one of them is curiosity. And if the baby won't root around to suckle and to take nourishment, if the baby just cries due to hunger, but doesn't root around to to latch on and to be able to find food, they used to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that means their brain wasn't developed enough to take that discomfort, that hunger pain and flip it into curiosity and find they could smell it. They could do it. They could do everything else. They could root around and find the nipple to latch onto, but at the end of the day, when their brain wasn't developed sufficiently, they die. And the second thing is understanding. 
they have to understand that connection. So they get the food, they have to put those two things together to know, oh, I get it. I am, okay, hungry, cry, food. Okay, this is how it goes. I get it next. Understanding and warm, cuddling, taken care of by mom. Nurturing, yeah. Nurturing. So all, all great stuff. And I, you know, I mean, I'm sure we could really relate that all back into sales in some way. I do want to get to the understanding piece for a moment. Some of the challenge, I think, for some salespeople is we sit there and if we, you know, if we start the whole conversation with, you know, Blair, really great to, to be talking with you. Bef- you know, I'd love to hear what's keeping you up at night. And sometimes that's like the worst thing you can do, right? Like, Absolutely. right. It's, it, it's um, dangerous. They don't even have a direction yet. So I just want some clarity around the questions that just coming in there and saying, how can I help you without anything in, uh, in advance is that like kind of give us some clarity around that conversation and how to start that. I don't want to jump in there and ask, how can I help you? Okay. It's what I want to do is I want to ask a question that is adapted to each scenario, but Mm -hmm. it goes, what seems to be the problem? Now I stress seems because I don't want to say what is the problem because I confront them and I go whap in their face and I go, no, because the problem we have to understand as the person who is guiding a conversation, their problem is between their head, like between their ears. That's where their problem is. It's in their mind. They think it's outside of themselves 99% of the time, but it's actually between their ears because it's a perceived problem. If it's a perceived problem, then what seems to be the problem helps hold it between their ears. When it's like that, they don't get overwhelmed as easily. And if they get overwhelmed, they'll probably shut down because they go, this guy's trying to sell me something, I'm out of here. So tell me your problem. No, don't need it. So what seems to be the problem? Yeah. And if we back up here is, yeah, we can go one earlier or one yeah. different depending on that. We can back up to is, wow, you look like you've got everything under control. If this is true, it looks like you're here. Um, so, you know, not necessarily what's keeping you up at night, but what would you like your life to look like to get beyond where it is right now? Where would you like this to go? Yeah, we often will start a conversation with, uh, you know, after some rapport building, you know, when you scheduled this time with me, what were you hoping you were going to get? Great in our question. 30 minutes together. Yeah, but the, the thing yeah. here that you stated, it was after rapport building. So mm-hmm. that's the critical piece. You have to have, you know, I always say that you have to have a relationship sufficient to do business. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not a lot, but that is, the person have to, has to perceive you as honest, as sincere, and as curious. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Well, wow. So unfortunately, we are already coming to the end of our our time together. This has been fascinating. Um, So Blair, uh, just tell our listeners, how can they connect with you and stay in touch with you? Well, one of the things is, is because this is a social network um, and um, keeping sales social, 
I like being social with people too. So if people would like to find out more about Igniting the Bind conversation, I give people a 30 minute free call with me to see if oh. taking the training would be useful for them and to see if that would be in alignment. So I do profiling, coaching and, and uh, position that to help people make breakthroughs. If I can help them make a breakthrough right there on that 30 minute call, I do that. If not, maybe more training might be an appropriate way for them to move forward. So where, where do they find that? What's the... the I'll, but I'll give you a link. So it's just simply a Calendly link that they'll have for your podcast. And uh, yeah, you can just post it along with this. So it'll be there and people can just get a 30-minute free call to see if this is, aligns with them. Fantastic. Well, well, thank you for that very generous offer. So listeners, we'll put that in the show notes. Did you have something else? Yeah, just something else. If they want to find out more about mind models and... All of the mind models that I teach in this book called Ultimate Mind Hacking. The book Ultimate Mind Hacking is on Amazon. So if they want to look it up and do that, they can do that. And there are 16 fundamental mind models, 16 of the big ones. I teach more than that in Ultimate Mind, um, sorry, in Igniting the Buying Conversation. But in Ultimate Mind Hacking, there's 16 that you'll learn there. And rewiringthemind.com yes. is your site. Terrific. Yes, it is. Fantastic. So make sure you you check out Blair's site and also we'll put the in the show notes a link to the book and also a link for, for Calendly if you'd like to book that free session. Blair, thank you. That was a very generous of you. So thank you listeners for listening on another week. And don't forget as you're out and about this week to make yourself social. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye everyone. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.